is Maratta the new Drogba. It's the 109th episode of the FPL Surgery Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Coming to you on the 6th of November, 2018. Another Champions League night that I can't talk about. <laughs> yeah, coming to you after game week 11. Uh, and welcoming back the Iceman. Thank you very much, Willie. Welcome back to yourself, too. Thank you. Thank you. How are you feeling after the game week weekend? Yeah, not bad. I moved up a load of places. Good score. Feeling good. You? Yeah, I definitely moved up, but I'm not happy with Sky because once again, the featured game that I got wasn't Liverpool versus Arsenal, the uh, 5.30 on the Saturday night. Do you know what I got on Monday? Um, you got the Huddersfield versus... I got Huddersfield Fulham. Yeah, I'm paying yeah. for that. Yeah, a lot of people were very entertained by that game. Yeah, that, well, one particular <laughs> bit that was hilarious was when Benza came on at the end. And I kid you not, in on goal, brand new signing, and it was it really was comical finishing. So great comedic value, not so much the football. I am... I am angry with Sky once they, again. They've really been letting you down this season, haven't they? There's a lot of Newcastle games in there. Which no, I've got Newcastle, I've got Brighton, I've got, yeah, just, you know, Fulham. Just, <laughs> Boring teams. Know. All those well, fans are going to hate on us now. I'm going to have to pay another 25 quid if I want to get BT Sport, and that won't help me out either. So I, I don't know what to do, Iceman. I don't know what to do. Anyway, enough about me. Let's talk about, we've got a great guest on this week. Over 85,000 subscribers on YouTube for his weekly tips video. Three-time top 10K finish in FPL. Highest being two years ago where he got 1,881st. Serious stuff. One of the best voices to listen to in FPL, including the Iceman. Welcome to the podcast, Ryan from FPL Tips YouTube channel. Hello, guys. How's it going? Great to have you on board. Thank you for joining us. We know that you're on social media a lot of your working week, so great that you uh, give us time to come on our podcast. No problem. It's a pleasure to be on. Can you just tell the listeners, I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners will know about you, but just tell the listeners a bit about yourself, what you do, and how you got into FPL. Yes, I, um, I've been making videos on YouTube for uh, probably, I think, six or seven years to, about FPL, and yeah. um, kind of just stumbled into it because it's the kind of thing I would like to watch myself, I thought at the time. And um, yeah, here I am so many years later still doing it, and it's still... Still enjoying it. It's, uh, it's going well. So you started still... the, the, the videos at kind of the same time you started playing. So you went full on with the videos and starting your team, is it? Well, I, I'd been playing quite, kind of casually before that. I, I guess the year or two before I started the, the YouTube channel, I had been taking it a little bit more seriously. But then stepped up even further <laughs> when I started the channel. Yeah, fair. Yes, once you're under that scrutiny, it all, uh, it all goes to another level, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Hours and hours of research every week, and it's uh, sometimes it's, it's it's difficult to to get everything in the research wise, but it's it's all, it's all good in the end. It's yeah, all... Tell me about it. I mean, <laughs> like this this podcast. All I seem to do is researching from it, and then uh, I forget it all in one episode. Yes, I mean sometimes I have to remind the Iceman that he is in a long term relationship and has a job to go to, but he still manages to balance it all beautifully in spite <laughs> of that. Um, with all that said, so great joining us, uh, great for you joining us, Ryan. We're going to get into our questions in just a moment, but uh, I need to mention we've got a new Patreon following us. So thank you, Gulama Garesu. Pledged the top level to join our Slack channel. He's currently placed 8,000 overall 
he's providing some very useful chats in the Slack channel. He's contributing a lot in there. So thank you very much for joining and supporting the podcast. As we've said before, if you'd like to follow us and support us on Patreon, you can search for FPL Surgery, different levels of pledges, get your different kind of sub- different sort of rewards. And again, the Slack channel is the big one. Lots of top 10K finishes in there now, some great stuff. Get your questions answered quickly in there by a range of people from the Iceman through to other high-flying FPL stars. So thank you again, Gullimer. So this podcast, everybody, usually we would do fixtures, but we're going to be answering questions this week. So hopefully we'll get to yours. The FPL headlines, is Sterling forcing his way into our teams? Richarlison is starting to adapt to his new striker role. Are Burnley the new whipping boys? And with so many scoring, how many premium options can you realistically own? And finally, in addition to the previous headline with a packed schedule, who is least prone to rotation? So we're hoping to shed some light and some ideas on those as we go through. The first one we're going to cover is Sterling forcing his way into our teams. I wish he forced his way into mine this game week. And we've had uh, quite a few questions in the community. So here's, here's some of them. So FPL Nick, so at Kiwi Nick. Salah to Sterling after Fulham. At Seb Hodson is moving to three mid-range forwards a viable option to allow the likes of Sterling, Hazard and Salah or Mane in one team. And I love this one. Solomon Ron Johns, that's Joel93. Surely Sterling has become a must-have. It's remarkable that someone who had such a successful FPL season had such low ownership. He was a game-changer for me in my mini-league thoughts. Gentlemen, feast on the delights that is Raheem Sterling. Ryan, let me come to you first on this one. Yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky because I think quite a lot of the reason he's not owned so heavily is because of Aguero. Because we all went for Aguero back at the start of the season and sort of stuck with him until now. When you've only got a limited amount of space for premium options, you kind of want to give yourself players from different teams to give you alternative captain options, I think. so. But his form is, you know, when you look at it individually, it's fantastic. So it's it's a it's a real dilemma. Yeah, I mean he's got the he's got the six goals, five assists from the nine starts. And like you say, he didn't start at the start of the season because it obviously the international World Cup, but he really is hitting at the moment. He's on seventy seven points. Only two players have actually scored more than him so far, and that's Hazard and Alonso. And I suppose the, the big question is if you want to get him in, you're gonna have to remove the likes of Aguero, Salah or Hazard and he probably is the most nailed out of that uh, midfield. Would, would you think in terms of Mares, Sane, Bilva? Yeah, I think he's important to the side, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, in terms of like wingers, he's he's probably the most nailed. But at the moment, a massive differential. He's he's running at seven point seven. I'm sure he's going to rise by the time this pod comes out. I suppose it's in that city team. You just want a piece of it in terms of their averaging four goals a game at home so you kind of need to have that city player in your team and for for me it's going to be Aguero or Sterling and Sterling's matched or outscored Aguero every time he's played but Aguero's just got that massive haul of four goals he's got available to him so it's his ownership as well like you say start the season everyone's piled on him and then more people have piled on him the more that he's played because he has been playing well it's not exactly like Aguero's out of form it's a massive effect on your overall rank if he does score four again because you would think that a lot of people are captain him like this week a lot of people captain him if Aguero did outscore Sterling by a lot more just say Aguero got a hat-trick and 
and Sterling only got the one goal, then you're going to fall behind if you did go for the Sterling captaincy. I mean, like credit to all the people that did captain yeah. Sterling this week, though. Just to, to, to add to that, Iceman, I think um, another point I'd make about Sterling is Manchester United at home this weekend. There's no way Pep's going to have anything less than his form team out. I am going to speak about the Champions League because I think this is relevant. So they play Shakhtar. By the time people listen to this, it would have been yesterday probably. They'll probably wrap up qualification from the knock- for the knockout stages against Shakhtar. That puts less pressure on that competition for a pep for a while. City have got some games that could actually run up cricket scores in the next sort of eight game weeks. I think he'll be the kind of the go-to man. And as we've seen, I know there's one week when he was dropped, but... His returns when he plays are so good. And even if he comes off the bench, he always, you know, because by that time, if City are winning by quite a bit and he's coming on at the end, he just hoovers up with an assist or another goal. So I think he's one that you could could definitely just have it and leave him to it for a little bit now. Yeah, well, he can be, but it's just fitting him in your team. I mean, are you, are you looking to fit him in your team, Ryan? I mean, at the for the time being, probably not. But I am tempted by that Salah to Sterling move down the line, I think, because... He's a couple of million cheaper, and the the only sort of thing holding me back is the fact that with Salah you've got different fixtures to Aguero to, to look at for captaincy. Yeah, captain whereas I think option. when you've got both when you've got both Sterling and Aguero in your team, you can only captain one of them, and it's I don't know a debate as to which one you'd fancy each week, I suppose. But it's giving yourself that that extra thing to think about, isn't it? It's what, do, am I going to captain Aguero or Sterling if you've got them both? Whereas yeah. if you've only got one of them and still you've got a good fixture, you know you're going to captain that one. Yeah, that's true. I suppose if if you've got the two, I suppose your other one's going to be Hazard, and you can't exactly remove him at the moment. I mean, like he had been returning really well until his back injury, and his goal involvement for Chelsea just makes him almost essential. And Chelsea have Fulham coming up as well, so I, d- I don't think you can remove Hazard. There is there is a case for Salah, but you know he is looking back to great form, and with some good fixtures coming up, he's also the highest for stats, kind of in that midfield area. So I wouldn't necessarily be removed. And like you say, it's another captain option to to go for. There may be a point when Salah or Hazard to Sterling would become a good option, but I just don't think it's now. I think that the time is to kind of wait on this, allow Sterling to kind of step up into the spotlight, maybe a bit more. I mean, I know he's been playing well. I know he's been returning nearly every game, but... Even then, you never know when Sterling's going to miss a game. You know, Mares and Sane are both in good form, so they could replace him. Mm. I spent. I think um, this would be a good time to bring in the debate on Salah, if we could, because um, we've had a number of questions uh, from social media on him. If I just go through, so Ashley Ruth has asked, "Do you guys think I need Salah? If yes, how the dickens do I get him in? All the suggestions are welcome. He's got Sterling, Hazard, and Aguero already." WG, new addition to our Slack channel this week. So, is Salah expendable after the Fulham game? Can Marnie cover him for three million less? And Adam Hotcroft. Nice and to the point, does Salah justify his price? Ryan, what do you think about that, if we kind of sway towards Salah here? Yeah, I think it's difficult to say whether, whether he justifies his price because quite a lot of the season I think he's been getting really good stats that haven't translated into as many points as people would like. But he's still doing similar, or, or if not better, to, to last season. But the difference is he's a lot more expensive now, so it's not really we can't judge him the same almost. Mm. I think it comes down to captaincy. I think it comes down to, is he going to be reliable in the games we want to captain him for? And so far, he kind of has been. So in that sense, I suppose he is justifying it. Yeah, I suppose. 
Yeah, I, I mean, like for me, he's he's a mainstay in my team, and I, I mean, I'm a very much a stats man, and <clears throat> if I know that the stats are good, which they are, I know that he's going to be scoring big at some point, and he did recently against Cardiff. He, he got a massive haul, and I know Manny's done the same, but his stats just aren't as good as Salas and uh, Salas and watching the two especially in the Arsenal game which watched the whole game on that one I can just see that Salas the one which they're looking for I know Mane scored the offside goal but I just sometimes I feel like Mane just gets a little bit lucky at times and he can go completely dead in terms of blanking for a load of weeks and I think that's gonna happen again for for Mane and Salah coming to the fore a bit more because when Mane was blanking Salah was blanking as well but I had a look at this and I took a look at the um the games in which Liverpool played kind of lesser teams and I looked at all the stats just just in terms of attempts on goal between Salah and Mane and Salah is hitting yeah against West Ham he had four attempts Mane four and they won four nil it's the first game of the season against Brighton Salah got six attempts Mane two they won one nil against Southampton Salah got two attempts Mane just the one they won three nil and Huddersfield away Salah got four attempts and Mane didn't play they only won one nil and then against Cardiff again Salah's ahead with four and Mane just three so I just know that he's going to be scoring and being consistent every game so just for me he's a mainstay at the moment Nice. So, yeah, so it sounds like uh, the second question there, Sane, Sane, Salah can't be covered by Mane. Just because uh, I think where we're talking about Salah there, we've had a load of questions on Liverpool. So I think this will, this will overlap quite nicely. So the question on Liverpool, Andrew Scott. So he's going Salah captain this week. Currently owns Hazard 2, but he's considering Liverpool have Fulham at home. Is it worth doubling up on their attack in this game week and swapping Hazard for Mane? Let's cover that one first. Uh, Ryan? Um, it's tempting. I think it depends what are the problems you've got in your squad to use free transfers on because if everything else is, is, is in, in order and you've got nothing else to do, maybe you've got two free transfers, then a short-term move to do that might be worth it. But it's likely you're going to want Hazard back because he's got Fulham at home himself in a couple of weeks, hasn't he? So... I yeah. think the issue is when you do a short-term move like that is you sort of commit in future transfers and then if something else comes up that you need to, to look at then you're taking hits to, to get back to what you, you had before. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, you can see doubling up as a as a great option. I mean, I've, I've got two in defence and I've got Salah. But if I kind of had the option to bring in Mane, I would do it, but I don't think I'd do it in the sense of Hazard because Hazard is, like we said again, it's, it's more of a short-term move. I mean, they could go mad against Fulham, yes, because they have done that previously against these other teams. I did look at the kind of stats against the, the amount of attempts uh, they actually had for a whole team against them. And, the you know, West Ham's 18, Brighton's 22, Cardiff's 19. They, they did quite well against them. Southampton and Huddersfield was 12 and 11, respectively. But, you know, they, they do play well against the smaller teams. And Fulham's really not going well. They're in a bit of disarray. So potentially it could be a good move for the short term but if you're looking for the next eight game weeks is it going to benefit you i'm quite comfortable just sticking on so i do think that you kind of need one though okay i love the questions about liverpool because we've got a really nice variation here so at the other end of the spectrum we've got adam gearing so adam owns Mane. he's got allison and robbo and he's 
thinking of taking a minus eight to get Salah in with the upcoming fixtures. But he's also wondering, well, Allison and Robbo just helped to minimise his losses. I mean, what we're saying there, surely the fact that he's got Mane isn't worth... Surely Salah's not going to outscore Mane Mane by sort of eight points to make up that deficit, plus then score again to go beyond that, is he? No, yeah, I I agree. I don't think you should... He should just stick with what he's got there. He's got Allison, he's got Robbo... Potential two clean sheets there at least. And Salah's got a score you know, at least three to warrant that minus eight alone. And even then, you've still got people going ahead who <laughs> have Salah. You've just got to kind of hope that Manny. I've definitely captain Manny in that instance. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a good chance that they, they could keep a clean sheet. And you don't really want to be moving players around to get different Liverpool players when you've got three really good players from them already. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. So um, let's look at the other variation. So this is from Split IMG. So completely different to the other two. So they don't have Salah or Mane, and they're considering taking a minus four to squeeze them in their team. I have to point this out. They're saying their funds are allocated to the Ram defence. I love that. I presume that's Robertson, Alonso, Mendy. They've got Kane Aguero, and their midfield is Sterling, Fraser, Shakiri, and Lamella. So the question is, will Shakiri not travelling for this Champions League game guarantee him a start and will that offset any losses of Mane and Salah, Ryan? I don't know if it guarantees him a start, but I think there's a good chance he will start. He could start with Mane and Salah, couldn't he? So, yeah, I, th- I, think so. I think so, yeah. That's yeah. what I would expect. Yeah. And what's interesting is uh, Firmino didn't start in the Champions League, um, and Sturridge did. So it'd be interesting to see if Klopp rotates anybody. Iceman, were you concerned about that? Does that indicate there's a there's a rotation coming up for one of the big three? I th- you don't know. I mean, like, did Salah play all of the Champions League? I think he did. I mean, does that even even put doubt on that as well? I don't want to put that into people's heads, but you would think that they have to to beat Fulham here. I mean, they they could thrash Fulham here. I mean, if you don't have both and you've just got Shaqiri, I would probably want one of Salah and Mane in his position. And who knows, if you do take that minus four, it could pay off for you. I suppose just doing the minus four, the risk is obviously less than the minus eight, which Adam was going to take. But I think I would do it looking at this fixture, knowing how juicy it could be. Yeah, just to confirm, Mane and Salah did play, that they went the 90. Does that concern you at all, right? Could put doubt in it. Well, I think the good thing is the game is the last one on Sunday, I think, isn't it, for Liverpool? So they've got like five days between now and then by the time we're recording so should be yeah. should be okay they're professional footballers they can they'll be alright <laughs> they'll, yeah, no they'll be alright okay well, let's come away from the Liverpool theme for a minute thanks chaps let's go to uh, the blue the blue side of the Mersey so Richarlison question starting to adapt as his role as a striker or not now this is an interesting one it's been good seeing him kind of develop I know a few weeks ago we had some discussions about this Iceman, didn't we, about whether him playing up front would benefit him and whether Silva was actually trying to still develop him in that role. What, what do you think about this, Ryan? Is, is, is he starting to adapt? Is he looking like the main man up front for Everton? I think he, he, he did better this week than, than maybe in previous weeks because uh, in the last four game weeks he's had eight shots and half of them came against Brighton. So it's good to see him getting, getting more involved. Because um, I know in the previous weeks he was still doing well. He was creating chances and, and doing that kind of thing. But I think that the, the more direct goal threat is what you want to see from him 
and um, scoring two goals is going to be good for his confidence. Yeah, it's the thing. The question mark was, can he play with his back to goal? But he still looks really clinical at the weekend. Iceman, he, I know he's your Everton option, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I've benefited from the 15 points this weekend. But we, I mean, I saw him against United. He did look a little bit lost. He is warming his way into that position, I think. I mean, he scored the brace and he's got four in four games up front now. He's actually averaging 7.5 points per game. Whereas as a winger, he was averaging uh, seven, I think think it was so he is, he is looking better up there a little bit more settled granted he was playing a bit of a weaker team in uh, Brighton was it yeah Brighton and he did get the plaudits on match of the day four attempts on goal like Ryan said all in the box so it just shows he's yeah he's getting right up there one chance created most penalty area touches in that game with nine so he's doing well in there he did roll his ankle in that game but he did carry on and I noticed that Silver said it was no surprise to me that he carried on shows you his resilience that is Richardson he never gives up he always wants to play to fight to to achieve the good things for us on the pitch and looking at Everton's home fixtures if you haven't got him I would still still see him as quite a good option to, to even bring in I see no reason to move off some people were looking to move off a few weeks ago but at that price of six point eight yeah I'll take a return every other game even though he's got some tricky fixtures coming up but every home game looks pretty doable I mean I look he's just looking hungry for goals and even for his second goal where he could have squared it to Siggy he just took it on just wanted the goal so yeah yeah I I do still think he is a great option to have even to bring in at this point even even with Chelsea coming up away yeah, there's nothing better than a selfish striker when they're in your FEL team. Yeah, love it. Nice. And the other, yeah, the other good thing, sorry, the other good thing as well is the manager clearly likes him, and every single time he makes subs, it's always Richarlison who stays on. The other guys go off, so it's that's always good to see as yeah, well. When you've got a, a player who's the manager completely backs, and if he, even even when he doesn't have the best game, he's always leaving him on to see what he can do in those those last few minutes. Yeah, and, and Everton are actually doing quite a lot better than kind of we first thought at the start of the season. And last four alone Everton are second for total attempts on goal behind Chelsea even beating City they've scored eight goals in that period over the season Everton are sick for attempts on goal as well I mean that's in front of the likes of Man U Tottenham and Arsenal and even the flying Bournemouth so I think some people are underestimating Everton and how well they're doing I think they're actually on quite a good run at the moment yeah, I have to agree with you, Iceman. They, they are looking good. That, that kind of front force clicking. I think Bernard's looking a little bit more impressive, not so much for FPL, but for certainly for providing the uh, the options, that the chances rather for Richarlison. So um, I just love the fact he's 6.8 million. And, and I agree, in the next kind of four or five games, there's at least three there that you'd fancy him to get a fairly decent haul, maybe even repeating that 15 points again. So if you've got him, I think I would, I would stick to him at the moment. And for me, he, of the, the Everton attacking bunch, I'd definitely say I'd I'd probably go him over Sigurdsson still. Yeah, it's not to say that uh, Sigurdsson's not an option because he has has been doing quite well going forward as well. He's getting right up there. Okay, well, let's let's have a think about our next headline, which is, are Burnley the new whipping boys? This absolutely breaks my heart because I'm such a fan of Sean Dyche as a manager. However, they just seem to be leaky. Ryan, what what are your sort of thoughts about? I don't know. Obviously, you're playing last season, so you would have loved uh, the clean sheets that you could pretty much guarantee with with Burnley. How are you feeling about them at the moment? Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's I'm a big fan of Sean Dyke, and it's it's sad to see them <laughs> playing so badly because part of me really wants them to do well, but on the other hand, it's 
kind of nice to have a team that are so reliably bad <laughs> that you can uh, target them in FPL and uh, bring in players that are playing against them. Yeah, Iceman, but what's your views on Burnley? Yeah, I, the headline itself, it's, it's there for a reason, isn't it? Uh, the new whipping boys. I mean, like, they're four goals for the third match in a row now. Dunish seems to say, stay positive all the time, though. Just always kind of saying yeah. nice things. I mean, like, it never seems overall happy, but in a way, I, I just feel like at some point it's going to come good, but, I mean, it's the fourth time they've conceded four this season. They're just the worst for all defensive stats. Conceded the most chances this game week and the most shots of 22. They're averaging 22.25 shots per game. It just doesn't look good. And against them, I mean, like a lot of people are looking at moving out Madison this game week, but playing against Burnley, you, you kind of want to, you want to hang on to him, I think. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, if you've got Vardy or Madison, you're going to play him this week against Burnley, given they're at home. We've actually had quite a few questions on Madison Iceman, particularly on the issue of swapping Madison for Anderson. So Ola Abrahamson has asked, which West Ham midfielder would you consider the best FPL option? Paul Mullins, based on the upcoming fixtures and current form, would you recommend ousting Madison for Anderson? And no one you know, that's just Mendoza. Uh, Felipe Anderson, worth a shout. Straight swap for Madison this week or hold my free transfer for a three-player minus four next week that gets me Arnie. The final one was from uh, Mahesh G. Gadisan. Really sorry, I've, met, I've absolutely uh, destroyed that name there. Apologies, but uh, they scored a nice 95 in game week 11. They want to keep the momentum going. They've got two free transfers, no immediate concerns. I want to use the luxury of a transfer to swap Madison for either Stanislas Milner or Anderson for a possible one-week punt. Who is the better of the three? So let, let's dissect those. Just first of all, Ryan, Madison to Anderson, what are your views on that move? I think I, because of what we said against Burnley, I'd be very hesitant to to take Madison out this week because his his underlying numbers are very good as well. He's been really unlucky not to not to return points in the last couple of weeks. So I think it's it's kind of a, a perfect storm of promising underlying stats and facing the, the worst defensive team in the league at the minute. So I'd want to hold on to Madison. I think. Yeah, and I think I I do agree. I mean, he's he has blanked four in a row now, but. Yeah, Burnley are awful. And I just, you have to keep for this game, in my opinion. I mean, he is a decent player, but I've always said on this podcast that he's not the greatest FPO asset to have. I mean, he's provided some, some good chances for his teammates and he's had some efforts on goal. Yeah, like Ryan said, he, he is providing the stats. He just doesn't seem to have the, the teammates around him who can score from those created chances which he's making, which is unfortunate, but you do think that it, it should come. I mean, he's only got the, the seven penalty area touches in the last four, so you're not necessarily looking for for loads of goals but I I can see a few assists coming up but it it is quite disappointing for Leicester the fact that Maguire is out because I think that he was probably his main target but yeah if it was me I would definitely hang on what are their fixtures like for the for the upcoming they've got Burnley next then after that it's still fairly easy I mean they've got Brighton away then Watford Goal, goals can be scored there. Watford they kind of they shored up a little bit, yeah. And then for them, I probably keep for the next four. I mean, yeah. Anderson's looking good, and there's no doubt about it. He was looking decent in the the last game. I mean, what did he get? I think it was five shots on on goal in in that particular game, and 
if you haven't got Arnie, maybe Anson can be an option. I mean, he's kind of coming into his own now. He got the two goals, could have had a few more. Yeah, five attempts on goal, got it here, four in the box, three on yeah. target, two chances created. Really settled into the Premiership now. So he's playing in that front three with Dian Garner, I think that's how you say it, and Arnie, yeah. now that Yarmolenko is out. So he's got more of a responsibility to fall on his shoulders. And he is Brazilian, so he must be good. And the other thing is, in terms of value over the next few weeks, so next week, Anderson, obviously, they're playing Huddersfield, but Huddersfield have shown themselves as kind of able to get a shutout like they did against Fulham. The week after that, well, they're home against Man City, whereas Leicester, you have Burnley, and like we said, after that, you then have Brighton. So in terms of points potential over the next few weeks, I, I, I think Madison's got a bit of a higher ceiling there. Yeah, potentially, yeah. can see... Anderson's scoring quite high in these next few games as well. I, I can just see just as much points from Madison in, in these next four. Yeah, I agree. And I think the other thing as well is I think Anatovic is such a good option that I would prefer to find a way to get him if, if that's possible. Because yeah. if it's a choice between you know Anatovic or Anderson, I'd, I'd always want to go with Anatovic. Yeah, you just don't want to do- really double up on that West Ham attack. I know they're looking pretty good at the moment, but you never know when they're just going to dip in form. Funny you should mention Arnautovic, chaps, because we've had a few questions on him as well. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. This is the Mitro-Arnie debate. So we all went crazy for Mitrovic early in the season. He has now reduced himself to a thuggish centre-forward who isn't doing anything. Um, I think that the the test for most, who were saying he was kind of a dead man walking or on borrowed time, was that fixture against Huddersfield where didn't deliver. So, FPL Doctor has asked, replace Mitro with Arnie or Wilson. Rami Samir has asked, kind of awkward one here, sorry, uh, I, I want Arnie for Wilson, but I want to keep Wilson for one last week. Is it too crazy to go, one, drop Kun for Arnie for game week 12, Kun blanked against the top six so far this season, good point. Uh, or number two, resign Kun for Wilson for game week 13, won't lose value by doing that. Don Ruben Blades has asked what to do with Mitrovic if owning Arnie. Really bad shape lately. And Solomon Ronjon, uh, it's time for me to wave goodbye to Mitrovic. He's been in my team since week one, but unfortunately he's no longer buttering my past ribs. <laughs> that is wonderful. That, <laughs> any way you slice it, that's a great question. Do I stop going three up front currently, Aguero, Wilson, and Mitrovic, and buy an extra midfielder, or do I stick with my three up front? So, loads of interest here. Again, I'm going to dissect these down. So first of all, Ryan, um, Mitro for Arnie or Wilson? What are you thinking? It's got to be an Outovich for me. Um, I think so. Okay, that's interesting. What makes you think? Because Wilson is, I I described him as the darling of FPL at the moment and maybe English football even. What's making you think Arnie over Wilson? I think his stats right now are good, but I think mainly it's the fixtures, isn't it? It's um, the longer term fixtures over the next six, seven, eight games, West Ham just have a much easier run. I know Bournemouth did well, or, or Wilson did well against Man United, but I think there are sort of more informed teams defensively to come in that run. And uh, I just think Kanatovic is, is going is to keep on doing more of what we saw last weekend. Yeah, he, look, he looked like a really good number nine, didn't he? Because I was watching... Um some of the highlights from that game and I thought he isn't just sort of getting the odd opportunity he makes them he chases the the final man he makes his own luck I think he's looking really good at the moment yeah I totally agree nearly everyone knew that he would score well this week and 
granted he did. He, playing up top, he just seems to one, one of the best to have. I mean, like, it's only been the last two seasons where he has been playing up top where people are really noticing him because he played at Stoke and he played in midfield and he just wasn't kind of involved as much. Uh, he still did score well occasionally. But yeah, even with the comparison against uh, Wilson and uh, Anatovic, I still feel like Anatovic is coming out on top of the he's he's more involved in games than than Wilson is and even though the attempts are fairly equal, he's 14 to Wilson's 13 in the last four. Like Ryan said, it's the fixtures and in my eyes he is that other striker to have in terms of I feel like it should be Aguero and Arnie at the moment they, they seem to be the two to have and yeah he's definitely right up there almost okay. almost hitting a central I've never never really say a central but you never say a central do you yeah, I never say it never what's going on here <laughs> so I think that answers the FPL doctor's question and Don Rubin's question Solomon Ronjon was talking about downgrading from three strikers to what I presume means a more expensive midfielder however the impression I'm getting from that answer is switching up his front line to Aguero, Wilson and Arnautovic rather than Mitrovic. Yeah, I, I would definitely do that. The uh, yeah, Keeping Aguero, Wilson and Arnautovic, that's currently my front three. Okay, so I'm going to try and let me just unpick Rami's question. So uh, he said about I want Arnie for Wilson. So it sounds like we're saying yes to that, but I want to keep Wilson for one last game week. Are we saying actually pull the plug, do it now, or give it that game week, Ryan? I'd actually consider giving Wilson two more game weeks because I think okay. if I think if you look at the, the next two for Bournemouth, maybe they're not as bad as West Ham's. If you if you're looking at Huddersfield, yeah. the yeah. way that they they played, I know it was against Fulham, but in the last few weeks we, they have looked. Uh, I think they've conceded the fewest big chances in the last four game weeks, even fewer than Man City. So they they have tightened up, and then it's Man City for West Ham after that. So Maybe Wilson has the slight advantage in the next two. Nice. Iceman, any further thoughts on that? Um, to answer Rami's question, I would say, I mean, like, Wilson got the goal in the last game. Yeah, he looked okay and he did have a couple of opportunities, but it could come from anywhere from Bournemouth. And if you want Arnie now, I would just do it for Wilson. I wouldn't drop Aguero. Okay, like, yeah. So hopefully that's answered uh, all the questions there. Lads, I'm going to come back to our headlines because we spent quite a lot of time discussing the issue of West Ham there. So with with so many scoring at the moment, so loads of goals, great stuff for FPL, how many premium options can you realistically own? Now, Iceman, should we just define premium for a second there? Yeah, I suppose they're looking at the Hazard, Salah, Aguero, uh, Sterling, Mane type premium options we're kind of talking about that 10 million plus midfield 11 million plus strikers 6 million plus defenders that kind of thing yeah i wouldn't necessarily bring the the defenders into it if if we just concentrate on like the midfielders and and the strikers um so if you're looking at aguero hazard salah sterling and mané and even even the likes of kane maybe how many of them would you feel like are the, are the best options going forward? Right, Ryan, I'm going to jump to you on this one. What, what are your thoughts on that in terms of for the next, well, until I'm assuming uh, January type uh, wildcard time? Yeah, I think um, Hazard, Salah and Aguero are probably going to be the most popular generally, I think. Well, certainly amongst like uh, maybe the top, I don't know, top 10k, top 100k. Yeah. I think Sterling is going to challenge that a little bit because of you know how he's playing and I also think Kane's going to come into the equation from game week 15 onwards because of 
Spurs as really good fixtures from that, uh, that point. Yeah, and I suppose the likes of um, Arsenal as well, in terms of Lacazette and Aubameyang, could become, because uh, game week 16 onwards, their fixtures take a, a turn for the good as well. I, I, I would agree with you. You got. I feel like you need to have a, um, what's the expression where you have a, something in each tree? Egg in each basket. An egg, an egg in each basket, yeah, that's it. Uh, so it, it will be the Hazard, Salah and Aguero for me. I don't think you can fit many more in terms of, you could probably fit Sterling in there as well. It would just mean you won't be able to have that much of a good defence and defenders seem to be where things have been this season. A lot of points have come there. Yeah, um, I'm tending... Well, at the moment, I've got my premiums. I've got a couple in midfield, one up front, and I've got quite a pricey defence, but you didn't want us to talk about defence. So... I think there's going to come a time when we'll be looking at three premium midfielders and a premium striker. I think that is realistic, especially if you're looking in like the, the 10, 11 million range. And to be fair, with the six, seven million strikers at the moment that are scoring, I think that's feasible to do because there's a lot of value in the likes of Wilson on Altovich, etc. So I, I think possibly four, four to five. Yeah, I could maybe look at it as premium defenders didn't get anything this game week, so maybe you can move them out. I'm yeah. just taking a look at it now in terms of I've got Hazard, Salah, Aguero currently in my team. I've just taken out my two premiums, left Trent Alexander-Arnold in there. I can take out Richarlson, and I've got quite bad team value. So in there I can almost fit Sterling 10.8, so I could just downgrade a few other players. So yeah, you could have the three it's moving forward for this Christmas period I suppose is the yeah. other questions which I know we did have some other questions regarding the we Christmas have I'm just, what I'm going to do we're going to come to the because this is a headline isn't it so I'm going to come to that in just a second but what I'd like you just to consider for a moment to tie this in Luke Jurdy asked a question uh, about wildcard and I think it fits with what we're talking about so Luke's asked all the value before the best players become impossible to own in combination or hold and have an advantage in later weeks. So I think he's saying, does he wild card and get all the best players in before they shoot up, um, or does he keep it and play it tactfully? Yeah, and going back to what we said regarding the fixture turns for Arsenal and Tottenham, I feel like that's probably the best time to, to play it. So Arsenal in game week 16, they've got the fixture turn, and Tottenham in game week 15, they've got the fixture turn. So that's probably where I will be looking to play it. Obviously, you've got to play it by the end of December, if you didn't know. If you've got a good team at the moment and you're still ticking all the boxes, that's kind of round where I would play it. Nice. Yeah, Ryan? Yeah, I, I agree. I think particularly looking at that, those those Tottenham fixtures and looking at Harry Kane, maybe uh, bringing him in game 15 is is a, a way to be ahead of the curve potentially he's still improving Harry Kane he got the most he shots is. this game week with 8-6 on target so still getting better obviously this Spurs team have just got Ericsson and Ali's coming back as well so so let's uh, let's talk December then so our final headline in addition to the previous with a packed schedule the main headline is who is the least prone to rotation I'm going to add our uh, listeners questions in with this one so again, we can dissect these as we go along. Planning for December. So um, our previous guest, Hogs Rudd, um, is it time to plan for December to get a strong 15-man squad or should we use our free transfers for shorter gains, i.e. Mane and Sterling? 
Just Gabrielle from FPL Lens. Too early to begin prepping for December flurry of fixtures. Who do you have your eye on for that period? And Emma FPL, jump at, at Jump the Wave. Low price defenders. Who do you rate in the run up to Christmas? So um, let's begin with that one. Is it time to start planning in general for a 15 man squad? Ryan, what's your view on that? Um, I, I wouldn't really focus too much on on December right now. I guess if if, if you look at some players that have got longer term fixtures in the next yeah in the next six game weeks or so, and I suppose that does take you into December. Then then yeah, but um, I wouldn't do anything different because of the Christmas period particularly or, or anything like that. I would just do what you normally do. Look at players with good fixtures and try and fit them in your team. I would tend to kind of disagree on some points in terms of if you've got a team which you've got a very dead bench, to say you've got Peltier on your bench and you've got the likes of, I don't know, a 4.5 midfielder who's completely out and not playing, or, or a striker like Kamara or someone like that who, who's not decent. In, if you've got decisions to make and they're not pushing for your team, uh, I would say, unless you definitely have a player out or you definitely need a player in, I would say leave that for now. Maybe sort your bench out early in terms of getting these nailed on players. I mean, you can see the fixtures going up to, to 21. Is it 18, 19, 20 are the game weeks which you've kind of got to focus on. And if you're looking just at the, the fixture ticket, I'm just looking on their fancy football scout just on their fixture ticket on how West Ham seem to have the, the best fixtures throughout that period. And obviously, if you've got a really bad defensive, defensive option, just not doing anything on your bench, looking for the likes of maybe Balbuena, or Diop 4.3 Balvena's 4.4 even going now because they've got fixtures now and towards the end of December I would say that, that that's quite a good option to go for I mean obviously things could change and they could become really terrible like they were at the start of the season or someone could get injured and you would have to change it again but shoring up your bench early I think is a, is a good decision Okay, so should we get into some of the more individual questions then? So, yeah, actually, I guess I suppose uh, in terms of Gabrielle's question and Hawks, right, I think we've answered that. Emma wants to know about low-priced defenders. So who do you rate and run up to Christmas? Iceman, anyone on your in your thinking there? Well, I suppose the ones which I've just listed in terms of Balvena, Diop, I'd say that West Ham could be in yeah. festival. I mean, they didn't do too well against Burnley conceding two, but they've always got Fabianski in goal. And when you know, know you've got someone like him in goal, you, you've got the potential for clean sheets. And I don't like... Brighton, a lot of people do. They do have the fixtures, but I still would stay away from them. What are your thoughts on on Brighton, Ryan? I think uh, if you got in on them, you know, a few weeks ago, I think that was probably the time to do it rather than now because the 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 good fixtures are sort of coming towards the end now, aren't they? They're only maybe four or five left, and they're quite they're more away from home than than at home. Yeah. So I I'd say yeah, it's probably probably time now to look at other. Other teams that with with better fixtures, like you say, like West Ham. I think Newcastle are another team as well that have decent run. If you're looking at, a, at budget options, yeah. See, I, I did look at Newcastle and I took a look at their their stats in terms of defending. They they kind of got away with one against Watford in the last game. They just seem to concede a load of chances. But I would say that Watford is another one to to kind of look at because they've got have they got Cathcart still at four point five. Yeah, Cathcart still four point five. He's quite punty, but Kiko Firmino could be a punt. He's played the last four 90 minutes. He seems to be getting the game game time because um, Yamat's out, but just be wary that Yamat is expected back um, 
Oh, this week, apparently. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> yeah, that's not, yeah, it's not a good choice. But uh, also they've got Cavaselli 4.5. Their fixtures are kind of up and down all the way to the, to the, till Christmas. Seem to be quite solid. They were against Newcastle. Newcastle got forward and just scored from a set piece. So I would say that maybe Watford, West Ham, or, um, I think Crystal Palace as well are another side that sort of that they're coming towards the end of that really horrible run that they had. So they've got two more tough fixtures against Spurs and Man United, but then from the first of December they've got a really well pretty decent run. They got Burnley at home, Brighton away, West Ham away, and Leicester at home. Yeah, so I think Wambasaka is probably going to come back into sort of thinking. Yeah, that, that, I suppose that brings me back to Wolves as well. I mean, they're still a good defensive team. I know they conceded three against Tottenham, but, and they haven't kept a clean sheet in their last three, but they still don't concede very many chances. Wolves are actually bottom for shots conceded in the last four or 37. So people may be writing off Wolves in terms of uh, moving away from some of their players, but I would still say that Bennett, still at that cheap price, can be another cheap option for the Christmas period. Um, one other team that we've had a few questions on because of their, their budget players is Wolves. So Arjun's asked, is Raul Jimenez the perfect budget striker or someone else like Ings and success? V at Inomet, I'm growing impatient with Doherty. Keep or sell? If I do sell, what replacement can I put in the price bracket? And Mr. Fish, keep faith with Doherty and the Wolves defence question mark. Let, let's start with Doherty first, Ryan. What, what do you think about him? I think, yeah, definitely keep faith in him because even against Spurs, he had that uh, that assist that was yeah. disallowed, probably, yeah. disallowed and, and probably unfairly, well, definitely unfairly. And just, he really passes the eye test, doesn't he? Every single game, he's just so far forward and always getting in the box and his, his underlying numbers are good as well. So I think, like you say as well, Wolves as a team, yeah. um, even though they have conceded goals, they, they still are doing lots of lots of things right and it looks like you know that they'll come through this uh, at some point. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. I mean, he's got the eight attempts in the last game, in the last four, sorry. Uh, he's just, he bombs down that right hand side. But then playing three at the back, he more or less plays as winger type striker type player. You see his heat map, he's just all in the final third. And yeah, I definitely wouldn't come away. I've got him in my team. I am questioning whether to start him against this Arsenal team. We did look quite secure against Liverpool in some way, but. We've always got a tendency to let him go, and I do think that Wolves can can score here. If you go to Arjun's question about uh, Raúl Jiménez, I think it, he yeah. is over Ings. I would say that he is the the best budget option at, at that price mark. He always gets opportunities every game, and he has been trickling in the points, but occasionally you know blanking, which has been disappointing for owners. But I would still say that he, with good fixtures, he is a good option. Yeah, I would agree. I think because if the the generally fixtures generally the fixtures that Wolves have. There's a plenty of plenty of green, you know, really good fixtures to look at there still. Huddersfield and Cardiff coming up after Arsenal, Newcastle, Bournemouth as well. So I think there's there's, uh, there's plenty plenty of opportunities there for him to to get points again. Yeah, I mean, if you if you're looking at if you were looking at bringing in uh, Jimenez and you were thinking about waiting this week, I, I wouldn't wait this week. I've, he's still got potential to score against Arsenal. So I've, if you're going to do the move, I, I don't be scared about doing it now. Okay, so I think we've, we've more than covered some thinking around the December month there with the uh, the flurry of fixtures that have been described. So let's just take some quick fire questions. So WG from our Slack channel, our new edition, they are asking, tougher one is it's hard to read uh, Mourinho's mind, but is Martial a trap, Ryan? 
I don't think he's a trap. I think he's he's doing well, and I think it looks like he'll continue to do well. I think the only thing that's putting me off Martial is that he's sort of a, a price point that's difficult to get to because he's more expensive than the likes of Madison and Richarlison and Fraser, but he's you know he's not not somebody you're going to want to downgrade any of your premium uh, midfielders to. So it's it's kind of difficult to fit him in. Yeah, he is doing, what's he, 7.4 now? Being lazy there. But yeah, he is in, uh, golden scoring form at the moment. And it was just the could suddenly be dropped by Jose type of question that went around my head, which is why I kind of didn't consider him as well. I mean, it's just that his stats weren't particularly good. He was in red hot form in terms of always scoring from every shot they was having. But he is having more shots now. I mean, he got four attempts, three inside the box, 11 penalty area touches in the last game, creating two. Two. and of course he got the goal from the Sanchez cross but he he would be the only United player which I would look at I watched the whole game the Bournemouth United game and he is their attacking prowess going for oh he's 7.5 now yeah he's built up so they've got some pretty decent fixtures after this Man City game I wouldn't necessarily bring him in for this Man City game if you're looking at it but yeah like Ryan says it bit of a difficult price point. I mean, I've got Richarlson, uh, Hazard, Salah, which would be the ones which I could get near his price, but I don't want to move out any of them. And it would take two moves to do it if I was to do it with Richarlson. Okay, so another quick fire one. So Ian at FPL Strategic. If you are starting a new team this game week, who would be the first five names in your team? I'll go first. So I am going to say Aguero, Hazard, Salah, Alonso, and Allison. Iceman. Okay, I'll go. So I'll go Fabianski, Robertson, Hazard, Salah, and Aguero. And Ryan. I think I'd go Anatovic, Hazard, Alonso, uh, Robertson, and maybe Mendy. Nice. Oh, you want the you want the uh, the solid back three. Yeah, because I think there's there's alternatives. What's the Ram with with Aguero and Sterling? There's there's you know there's options there, but I think Mendy's someone I would would want want to look at. Which whichever one of those other two you go go for. Fair enough. Yeah, I like the idea of Ram Iceman. I know you'll prefer the analogy of arm because it means strong. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, or just or just bicep in your case. Okay, uh, last quick fire one. So V at uh, Intermets. Second question we've read out today. Do you expect Sterling and Aguero to start against Man U? They gave me a great return this weekend, but I worry Pep might do what he does. Yes, definitely. I'm desperate for a piss. Okay, and uh, Ryan, what's your view on that? Yeah, I, I think they should start. I can't see why they wouldn't. Definitely, definitely Aguero, and I'd say 90% Sterling, because there's a, maybe a small question mark over how the managers are going to approach that game, because... I can see Jose Mourinho doing something like he has done in the past and, and, yeah. and go for a really sort of try and make the game as tight as possible, try and defend and try and keep it at nil-nil and try and nick a point like that. I think if he did do that and if Pep thought he was going to do that, then maybe it wouldn't be a game for Sterling. But I don't, I don't think, I don't think there's any reason to, to be too worried about it, really. No, I think what either, either side that Sterling plays, I mean, he's going to have the legs on Luke Shaw if he plays on the right, if he plays on the left. He's up against potentially Ashley Young. I think he's got the beating of both of those. And the way United's central defence are, when he breaks into the middle, I'd be pretty worried if I were them. So I think given it's a Manchester derby, Pep is absolutely going to want his form players. Equally, I can't see any risk of Aguero not starting. If anything, I don't think he'll start against Shakhtar tomorrow, but we'll see. But Aguero's just on fire at the moment, isn't he? 
Yeah, and he's 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 doing so well, uh, so much in sort of creating chances and holding the ball up and linking up plays. He's just doing his all round game is just so so good at the net. You got you guys are trying to lengthen this question, aren't you? Because I'm I'm dying over here. Have you not gone? <laughs> no. I, I, I was lengthening it because I, I was trying to save time assuming you come for a wait. I'm waiting because oh, I've got to stop the fire. Okay. Okay. Right. I'll see you right there. Okay. I think that's enough said on that one on the quick fire questions. I know the Iceman is gasping. Go and take your break, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus Right, welcome back, Iceman. Thank you. I know you were absolutely dying for that then. So that, that was the, that was almost the worst. That was the worst that it's ever been. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, you showed. We'll make you hold it a little bit longer each week. Okay. Well, there's no sum up this time round, just because we've been scattering all over the place in terms of the discussion. But what is important is that we work out the transfers and captains of this week's surgeon. So, Ryan, who's going to be your transfer and your skipper this week? I'm actually looking at saving a free transfer. I think the the only person who's a little bit at risk is Alexander Arnold because I'm worried about rotation. But I think I've got to give him the Fulham game. Yeah, he, came, he from, came off uh, in the Champions League at half time, didn't he? So that, he I don't did, know if that's yeah. a worry though. Yeah, I think he. It's, I've not seen the game, but it sounds like maybe he was at fault for some of the the, oh, one of the goals in the first half, perhaps. So that doesn't look good. No, it doesn't, because I've got him as well, and I've kind of got I've got two free transfers at the moment, so I'm I'm not sure whether to keep him either. Who is your skipper, Ryan? Uh, Salah, it's got to be, because I don't have Mane, so it's uh, it's quite a quite a straightforward one, I think, for me. What are your thoughts on triple captain? I I don't think I'm ever going to be brave enough to do it in a single single game week. Really, I can understand this fixture being one that, that if you were inclined to, to do it outside of a double game week that this one's probably one of the best times to do it but yeah. uh, See, it's, it's tempting for me I, I haven't read it yet but I, I need to read this article which Peter Blake has done on his mathematically safe dot wordpress dot com uh, website I hear it is really compelling in terms of going for a salad triple captain because he puts together when you'd actually do your other chips in terms of your free hit your wild card and your bench boost and kind of not having an area to play your triple captain and with Salah playing he's kind of in form He's playing Fulham, who are terrible in defence. They're kind of in disarray in terms of they probably don't even know if they're going to keep their manager. I do think he's a thinker, and I am I am looking at it. And I, t- I know Peter's probably done a lot of stats on this, so I do kind of want to read his article. I actually, I'll list that particular article in this description. So if you want to take a look, if you're looking at that option, then uh, I'll put it in the description for this podcast. Nice. Okay, Iceman, what about you then? Oh, so uh, yeah, in terms of transfers, I do have two free transfers to actually use, but I can't see anywhere in my team to use them. The only thought which I have put to mind is the fact that I've got Hoiberg at 4.5. I know that he's a reliable starter. I could move him out for Diagana for West Ham, but the only reason I would do that is because I have a feeling that he would probably rise in price as well. 
but he could also lose his spot. He was playing well. Uh, Diagana got five chances created in the last game, and he got the assist. He also got clattered at the time where he set up Anderson for his goal, which was hilarious. But he also had, well, he should have had a penalty. So he's very much involved in West Ham's attack. They've got some good fixtures coming up as well. But I think the 4.5 option is someone that I'm going to want to keep to the rest of the season. And I know that Hoiberg is that option that plays the 90 minutes. So I may just hang on, but I potentially could go Hoiberg to Diagana. And yeah, I'm definitely captain in Salah and I'm thinking about the triple captain. Nice. Well, I've got a bit of a dilemma in terms of my transfers. So I don't have, I've got the Liverpool defence covered with Robertson Allison, but I don't have a player going forward. So my transfer thinking is two ways. For no hits, I'm either going to go Bernardo Silva or Bilva um, and take a punt on Shakiri, who I'm confident will start. For a minus four, I can swap uh, Bilva for Mane, but I'd have to downgrade Lacazette to Arnautovic. Oh. So it's a bit of a dilemma at the moment, and I'm going to have to stretch you on it until the last minute. Um, in terms of my skipper, again, it depends. If I bring in Mane, he will be my skipper. I'm actually very tempted to go Hazard for their home game against Everton, just because the form he's in, and I'm sure his back will be fine by the weekend. Yeah, if I was you, I think I would do the, the Lacazette to Arnie and the Arnie Silva to Mane. I think it's worth a minus four with the fixtures going forward. Yeah, I, I think so too. That's it. Well, thanks, Iceman. Yes, yes. Lovely. Okay, so Iceman, it's the it's the part of the podcast that I know you you dearly love as we take a trip to Icebandia, and uh, and this week we've had a question from Sexy. Is it true that Iceman, from his fame from the FPL Surgery podcast, has been asked to go on the Icelandic? Big Brother, which I presume is a spell check for Icelandic Big Brother. <laughs> well, being on this podcast and being in the Slack group, I do feel like I am actually on Big Brother 24-7, so there's no need. So I'll just carry on the way I am. Constant scrutiny ob- observation, Iceman. Yeah, it's, it yeah. is constant. Um, okay, so let's see what's in our feedback box this week. And we've got uh, some great feedback from... Uh, at Hornet FPL made the same mistake not having Liverpool attacking options that was in regards to the Cardiff fixture um, this is almost therapy great pod nice quick feedback there thank you very much thank you it's good to know that somebody else was as foolish as me not backing <laughs> one of the Liverpool attackers and having a terrible game week so I'm with you Hornet and that's what the pod's about therapy as well Iceman I believe we've got some sexy thoughts we do have some sexy thoughts I will just play it now FPL sexy with sexy thoughts sexy thoughts this week goes out to food all the good food I've been eating lately it's springtime in Australia, so we get a lot of new growth. Yummy displays of mangoes, nectarines, apricots and grape. And mineral water. I know Iceman loves his water, but I love mineral water. Absolutely love it. And there's a great little game you can play. Every time you open mineral water, it fizzes up and spills everywhere. But if you do, open it for a second, close it. Open it for a second, close it. Open it for a second, close it. You don't get those bubbles going everywhere. It's a great little game, and if you get as skilled as me, you hardly ever lose. Winner! You! Okay, great sexy thoughts. Thank you, sexy. Yeah, nice again from sexy there. Always very environmental in his thoughts, and I love the the uh, the notion towards hydration there. A nice touch this week. Yes. Good stuff. Okay, thanks again, sexy. Now, before we leave you, let's go through the FPL Surgery Podcast Mini League. 
So in 10th place, we've got Adam Gearing, still in the hunt with Blood, Sweat and Gears. Ninth place, Blank, Lacazette, Tape, Tom Horner. Eighth place, at Sky Player and FPL, Paul Jones. Seventh, we've got Espo's All-Stars, Shane Borrett. Sixth place, Victor Moses, Lawn, Joe Stone. Fifth, me, myself and I, Johnny Brosnan, dropping down to fifth. Murdo, 11, Ian Murden, down to fourth. Moving up, it's Beardsley's Poachies with Ian Cooper. I really should be able to say that by now. Second place, Jack Moore, you've you've done yourself proud. Ice Mandic Wisdom. <laughs> Great. <laughs> There's a man that knows about Ice Mandia. And in first place in our mini league, 296th overall in the whole of FPL, impressively. Michael Taylor is trying to give up Fanta, but deserves a bottle after another great game week. Well done to you, sir. Yes, well done, Michael. You've joined our Facebook channel, I see, recently. So thank you for joining. Oh, we do. We are on Facebook, guys, so you can like us on Facebook as well. Great to have you on board. So um, that brings us to the end of another FPL surgery podcast. <laughs> Got it right, well done. Yes, finally. Jesus, <laughs> only took seven takes. Um, I want to thank our guest Ryan for taking the time to join us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Sorry, I know you've been quiet whilst we've been doing our uh, our little features towards the end there. Right, if people want to get involved, follow you, learn from your wisdom, where can they get in contact? Uh, it's FPL Tips on YouTube and uh, also on Twitter um, at underscore FPL Tips. And yeah, there's uh, weekly videos about FPL, lots of good stuff on there. Yeah, I really do advise our listeners to to go check him out. I've been a long term watcher of Ryan, and he's got some really great content that he shows his team every week, and does put in some good, uh, valuable stats and tips every single week. So yeah, do enjoy them. So I advise you to to go watch them. If the Statman Iceman is saying there's good stats, there is very good stats. Well, if you want to get involved with supporting and following the FPL Surgery podcast, here's how you can do it. So as I mentioned earlier, join the join the gang in the Patreon club, patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. All support is gratefully received up the pod. Um, you can join our mini league, which has over a thousand people in it now. Uh, I don't know if that puts you off and makes you want to get involved, but 225-369. Visit our website, fplsurgery.com. You can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and Reddit with FPL Surgery. Most of our activity happens on uh, Twitter at FPL uh, Surgery. And we've got over 5,000 people in that group now, so there's a great little community developing there. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Remember, give us a rating and uh, and any sort of comments. And uh, finally, you can Im- email us, info at fplsurgery.com. My words are going. I'm getting muddled at this point. <laughs> it's a long day. So, it's been a long day. It's been a bloody long day. <laughs> Iceman, um, we had a discussion earlier about planning for December, and we were talking about that with regards to FPL. However, um, now I'm married. If I don't start planning for December now, my wife knew about that, then I would be in the doghouse. So how can I, as a married or you as a engaged gentleman, ensure that you do plan well for December? Um, Any wisdom? Get all your shopping done online? I got one. I got wisdom. Fantastic. And that's the end of the podcast. See you next week. Up the pod. Up the pod.
Cue retro. Cue the music. Outstanding. Thanks, Ryan. Great Thanks. guest. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. Top. You, you do realize what happens now as well. You get invited to our Slack channel. All right. So. Recording now. Here's Maratta, the new Aguero question mark. It's the 109th episode of the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. No, it's not. It's the FPL Surgery. I've got that wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Do it again. Do it again. Um, let's uh, see how. Oh, can, that's crap. You can start that again. <laughs> lovely, lovely. A little bit of an outtake there. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I forgot what I was going to say. Is there any words of wisdom? I'll, I'll let you start again.